15 of Short Box Summary. I'm your host, George. With me, as per usual, one of my favorite peoples to record a show with. We got Fabio. How you doing, bud? Doing good, man. Um, I op- opened my eyes uh, and uh, thank the Lord above. Oh, that's a nice day. Yeah. I didn't do those things. I barely fucking rolled out of bed for work. Yeah, I really struggled to get out of bed today. I had a late night last night. How many fucking Mondays are there in a week? Feels like at least three. Oh my God. It's the worst. Yeah. Doing good. Yeah. Yeah. I told a story on, (laughs) I recorded another podcast, a video game podcast called Frameskip. And I told the story on there about why I couldn't play any PlayStation games this past weekend because of hard drive issues and transferring contents from one hard drive to my console to a new hard drive. So having to copy everything twice, and it was just really frustrating. But, uh, you know, besides that, I got to see The Batman in theaters. That's a comic Uh, book movie. Sure is, yeah. We're not going to talk about it too much on here. I really enjoyed it. It felt more like Batman Returns than I was expecting, and I think that's still my favorite Batman. I love me some Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. I love me some Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah, it's the the goth Batman. Sure is, yeah. Great stuff. Uh, all right. I think this is going to be a different episode. We don't have like a specific show we're talking about. Fabian and I are just kind of going to shoot the shit. I solicited questions and a bunch of people wrote in with good questions. So thank you very much if you did that. But first things first. Actually, do you want to start with the questions or do you want to go over uh, like a summary of Shortbox summary, like a roadmap of what's to come? Um. We should probably uh, go over some some rules and guidelines uh, of what. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, let's do let's do questions. Are they good questions? Are these good questions? I think they're good questions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, How long is the summary? What's what's our summary like? um, I've got like a, a dozen. No, I got more than a dozen, probably like 20 events. And I'm just going to like list off and be like, hey, these are like the the things we're going to talk about coming up. Okay, let's get let's get to questions. Let's get to questions. All right. All right. First question first from uh, a person. I'm just going to call him El Matador. Good buddy of mine. Kind of actually the inspiration for this podcast. We went to high school together and uh, this video game called Marvel Ultimate Alliance came out and had all these characters that hadn't had a movie yet. And so all these people were just like asking me questions because I knew I read comics. And that was when I realized people really like comic book characters. That doesn't mean they like reading comics, which I completely understand. And so that was, uh, yeah, a roundabout way, the inspiration for the podcast. So thank you to El Matador, keeping his name private just for... Is he a real Matador? He is not. That is a, a quote from a movie we really like called Out Cold, where this guy is hitting on Victoria Silvestet. And says, uh, welcome to El Matador. It's Spanish for the Matador. He, he doesn't mm, speak Spanish mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that, we just chuckled at that line a lot. And so that's what he's in my phone as. Uh, he says, or asks, rather, sorry. What are some of the more iconic and important quotes of the era? I.e., no, mutant, uh, no more mutants in House of M. I am Iron Man from the 08 movie. Versus some of your favorites. So are there so like any comic any book qu- versus movie character? No, not even versus. I just think like, are, have there been any quotes that have stood out to you from like what we've read or, or 
uh, movies that you're familiar with? Is, is there anything that really like, I, I guess I'm looking for like a, I hate the sand equivalent, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I sprung this on you. So I'm going to give you time to think I wrote down a couple of like iconic lines that stood out to me. Uh, now is this, does this have to be Marvel? No, I, I wrote down a DC quote cause it, okay, it came cool. out, it came out around the same time. And uh, I just think it's like so ridiculous. Ones. Yeah, I don't know if this is yours too, but one of my one of my all time favorite lines in any comic book movie is when uh, Lois Lane in Batman v Superman. Oh, no, I think it's actually yeah, Batman v Superman. I believe um, Lois Lane goes to meet some like Taliban fighters or some something like that. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, uh, and. Um, just points the mic at them or, or just like ready to start the interview. She's the first question. The first thing that comes out of her mouth is, are you a terrorist? And I thought that, that was just the dumbest shit. Like she had to get bagged to get to the location. Like it was like a very serious, intense process to get to this camp. And the first thing out of her mouth was, are you a terrorist? And mm-hmm. I think that that was just the most infuriating thing I've ever seen written down. You don't think a uh, vice would have handled things similarly? vice uh, vice would have like tried to find a spin of like making it sound all gen z um like they would have like are you guys daddies or something like that and it would have been a really good time and they all would have laughed um but yeah no i don't know it's yeah that was one of the dumbest fucking lines i thought that was really stupid and not a question any journalist would ask after that long of a trip bagged <laughs> over the head yeah that's one of the ones i could think of what are yours uh it's tough because like you said uh, he asked of the era and i think he actually nailed it i think no more mutants is like one of the most iconic lines from mm. the entire like 2000s we're gonna cover that in a house of m book or house of m issue coming up pretty pretty soon i'm really excited we're finally like getting up there uh let's see i also have uh from the ultimate books that the, the ultimate line of comics was like what if the Marvel universe happened in the year 2000, as opposed to like the 1960s. And so the 1960s Marvel universe, everything was sort of like based on like the atomic age, right? Like it was like a radiated spider that bit Peter Parker. Like the Hulk came out of like a, a bomb, a, a gamma a bomb. Uh, yeah. A butt gamma, butt. uh, Iron Man was like a weapons dealer who was like basically caught like in Vietnam, you know, like that everything was like of the age. And then the ultimate universe was all about like, the digital age right like it was just like a different era different set of influences and fears and and hopes and all that good ju- uh good good jazz sorry <laughs> can't talk very well right now uh in that book uh the ultimates are basically that universe's team of avengers and they're fending off a chitari invasion and so in the 12th issue um the chitari leader keeps asking cap like are you sure you don't want to surrender and cap just goes surrender surrender you think this letter on my head stands for france and he points to like the a on his head (laughs) and i think that's like one of the worst fucking lines i've ever read in my entire life like aside from it being like really offensive because of like the reasons we talked about on our last episode talking about like you know french civilians standing up to like german tank columns and like dying doing their best to take out like you know armored divisions uh it just doesn't sound like cap i understand it's like a completely different cap and like this one's like kind of like uh 
conservative, like ultra conservative dude. Like they, they really change the characterization of Cap and like it totally fits with this characterization about, you know, everyone being pissed at France for not like supplying troops and armaments to the invasion of Iraq. They were fucking right. What can you do? Um, <laughs> so that line has always stood out to me as just being like, Jesus Christ, like Mark Millar, what the fuck were you thinking? Uh, let's see. There's also like, I see this quote get shared a lot and this is a variation of a Mark Twain quote, but it's from amazing Spider-Man 537. This is the civil war tie-in and it's cap talking to Spider-Man. And he says, doesn't matter what the press says. Doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. doesn't matter if the whole country decides something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else. The requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tells you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. Like that was one that I remember seeing get shared as specifically in regards to like Trump and the misinformation that his office would sort of put out there. Yeah, yeah. And that was like a, a supposed to be like a meme telling people to like stand up and don't buy into the bullshit of alternative facts and you know the, this weird reality they tried to create for us. Right. Yeah, uh, no, there's a, a ton of Alan Moore ones as well. Like I think Watchmen is fucking full of just little precious gems, but like I don't think that like any book like that I've read so far really grasps so much of like meaningless everything's mm. meaningless and i think alan moore just like did a really great job i can't think of any specific but um i know that that one's like riddled with just great juicy one-liners uh let's see yeah that one really did have a lot and there, it's tough because like so many of these like iconic lines like they're kind of like catchphrases right and i personally think catchphrases are really lame but there's something like really comforting about them like when the thing goes it's clobber in time you know like that's so cheesy but like, I kind of like the cheesy. I'm like getting into Can't the camp. Your boner. Yeah, <laughs> especially when it's made out of orange rock, baby. <laughs> but like that, and like Hulk Smash or like Wolverine going, "I'm the best I am at what I do. The best there is at what I do, and what I do isn't very nice." You know, like that's like kind of his catchphrase thing. Uh, I've got a couple it's more for, specifically from comics. There was so the the Marvel universe had the ultimate line of books, and it was like super successful. Then DC tried to do what it called the all-star line, which was a nod yeah. to like old, old titles they had. So they had all-star Batman and Robin, which was uh-huh. trying to be like the modern version of Batman and Robin. And in the second issue, uh, Batman gets, you know, what's his nuts? Uh, Dick Grayson in, into his car. This is like after his parents died at the, at the, the circus or whatever. And uh, the kid just goes like, so who are you supposed to be? And then Batman turns to him and this is like a Frank Miller comic. So keep that in mind where he just goes, what are you dense? Are you effing? And he says the R word. (laughs) Okay. And he (laughs) just goes, look at me. I'm the goddamn Batman, which like I'm the goddamn Batman is like one of my favorite lines, but I still can't believe he dropped a, dropped a hard R on like a 10 year old kid (laughs) who like just saw his parents die. Like that's kind of a lot, (laughs) you know? He's not a good man, always. (laughs) Especially when Frank Miller writes him, yeah. Uh, There is that. Uh, I've also got, this is an Avengers world, and that is from Avengers 14-ish, I think. It was during, like, the Infinity story. 
from the the comic that started in 2012. So we're not going to talk about that for like years, probably unless I really mix up the format of the the show. But that one stood out. Bang is like a, a phrase that just like sticks with me from Guardians of the Galaxy. I want to say that volume started in 2007, maybe 2008. But uh, it involves like Peter Quill fighting Thanos and like having like a kind of broken cosmic cube and like using it like a gun and like making his wish and saying bang as it like fires off. And it was just like such an epic moment. Uh, so I really like that. Also, I'm going to say from the movies, like from the very first Avengers movie, uh, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry right before Mark Ruffalo just like turns into the Hulk. I think that scene is great. And the one line I don't like from the Avengers movies that everyone else seems to like get up for. I don't really like the the cap coming around and saying that is America's ass. When in what context? I don't remember that. Uh, he was like they had to go back in time because they were doing a time heist, right? And he was basically fighting the version of him from 2012. And he managed to like knock him out or like, you know, uh, yeah, disable yeah. him or whatever. And he was like laying down like on his stomach and like Ant-Man referred to it earlier as America's ass. And then he looked at like his own ass from his past self and went, that is America's ass. I really don't like that line. So he was talking about his own ass. He was talking about his own ass. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it. I mean, I I appreciate like the self-confidence. Like, I'm not trying to knock that. I'm just saying, like, I think that proved that Captain America was like really adjusted to his new world and shouldn't have like stayed back in time. I'm still like really bothered by that decision personally. Anyways, you got any more quotes or should we move on to the next question? Let's move on. I wasn't ready for quotes. Um, Yeah, sorry. uh, That was that was really thrown your way. No, I wasn't. I wasn't ready for quotes either. Like I pulled those out. That was like literally me scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i really bad at remembering shit like that. Um, I'm really bad at remembering most things, turns out. So Also, El Matador, I, I, you nailed it, man. I think No More Mutants and I Am Iron Man are probably like the two biggest quotes of this era. So yeah, I think it's in you... a black, black, uh, um, black, why can't I not remember it? Black Sabbath, Sabbath song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Black Label, Society, no, that's the other no, stupid that's... fucking band. Okay. <laughs> MSI? No, no, not that. <laughs> All right. Uh, from listener John, DC has Vertigo, which is known for innovative storytelling that goes beyond traditional superhero comics. Does Marvel have something like that? And why, in your opinion, has it not had the critical or popular success that we've seen out of Sandman or Why the Last Man or Fables? Mm, now, Fabio, have you read question. any of those books? Yeah, I've read Fable. Um, or is it Fables? Which yeah. one? Fables? I, I, no, it's either or. I can't remember. I read like a shit ton of them on a long ass plane ride once. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I I didn't finish the entire series and all the spinoffs, but I read a bunch of them. Um, really enjoyed that. I really loved uh, Wolf Among Us, which was what got me to read Fables in the first place. Um, but yeah, what other, what, what else has Vertigo done? Why They've the last a... man I've never read, and that's my fault. Oh, that book is super good. Yeah. Uh, I did some research for this. So, like, Vertigo started in either 1990, it started in 1993 in January, and it basically just became like the new home for a bunch of books. And so, like, Sandman was a DC title, then it became a Vertigo title. Okay. Hellblazer was a DC title, then it became a Vertigo title. And so, it was kind of, uh, I think, like, Animal Man 
started as a DC and then became a Vertigo title, I think. Is Preacher Vertigo? Yes, it is. Okay, I've read Preacher. And so a lot of Vertigo is sort of influenced by, like, the British wave of creators that was coming through. It's like Garth Ennis, who did... they did preacher. He was like a British comic writer. So they're basically like finding all these talents in the British comic scene and kind of pulling them over. Grant Morrison was a writer in the British comic scene. Um, Neil Gaiman, obviously British. And so it's just all these, like, it's a big confluence. Now Marvel doesn't really have imprints anymore. And so like, I've done my best to try to cover some of them on the show, but I've got like the three biggest ones were Marvel Knights, which started in 1998. And that was basically like Marvel, relinquishing creative control of, of certain titles and licensing them out to, I think it was Malibu comics at the time. And that was like run by Joe Casada and Jimmy Palmiotti. And so they basically were like, Hey, like we want these books made. We don't trust ourselves. You take care of everything. And so Marvel Knights started with four titles. It started with black Panther, started with daredevil, the inhumans and the punisher. And so that became the Marvel Knights line. And then that line grew so popular, like where it's basically like just them finding the best possible artist and the best possible writer that made the most sense for the book instead of just like, you know, cutting corners to like save a buck or two. Like they just tried, they literally tried to make the best product. And that was basically what like saved Marvel from dissolving ostensibly like in the late nineties. Okay. And so that was like one imprint, but that was very much in universe. And then in 2001, they had the Ultimate Universe. I'm not going to talk about that because I think that's just like a cover song, basically, of the, the comics universe. In 2001, though, they did Max Comics, which oh, yeah. was basically their like adult line. They mm-hmm. like stopped publishing the Comics Code Authority, which was like the governing ratings board for comics. And this is where we got uh, The Punisher by Garth Ennis. Like, I read Punisher, Max. Yeah, sh- shit's good. Yeah, it is dark as hell but it yeah. is good uh so also where we got a character named the hood i believe that was created by or co-created by brian k vaughn who did why the last man mm-hmm. and then the hood would go on to become a pretty important character in the era era of marvel that we're actually going to talk about he becomes like the main antagonist for the avengers and then this is also where alias aka jessica jones came from oh okay and so it's kind of like a place for creators to like flash or not flash uh, flex their muscles a little bit and do something sort of outside the norm for comics. But still, that's not really getting to what Vertigo did. I think it was the closest, but not quite. Vertigo eventually became like creator-owned stories, right? In 2004, Marvel created Icon Comics. And Icon was the answer to Image. It was the answer to Vertigo. And it was a way for Marvel to retain top-tier talent and let them have like their own creator on books without leaving like the Marvel ecosystem. So they wouldn't have to go to like image or something, or they wouldn't get pulled away to right. DC. Cause it turns out there's a lot more money available to you in, in creator owned books than work for higher stuff for Marvel. They just famously like, don't really pay their, <laughs> they just don't really pay their, their uh, employees very much. Like their, their contractors, even um, if you get an exclusive, contract then you're pretty taken care of but if you're not then you're just work for hire and you don't get paid very well but this is where we got books like criminal by ed brubaker and sean phillips this is where we got casanova by matt fraction uh gabriel ba and fabio moon this is where we got powers by brian michael bendis and michael avon oming this is where we got superior by mark millar this is where we got kick ass this is where we got hit girl this is where we got like so many 
edgier creator owned stories from Marvel. And the big problem is that they were all so successful. And these were like such big people that they eventually didn't need to work for Marvel at all. And so Mark Millar kind of like went to image and just became like an image dude, you know, like all these books just basically moved to image. So I'm guessing that whatever the treatment was at, from Marvel, you know, as like having their little subsidiary or was was it a subsidiary? Yeah, it's an imprint is what it's called when, okay. it's, when it's like a publishing one. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just guessing that the treatment wasn't that great from Marvel. Otherwise, they probably could have retained talent. But I'm guessing if, if, it, if they were bleeding all their creators, then I'm guessing that there were better offers like at Image and elsewhere. Yeah. And so that's a bummer. Like it's, I think the official status of it is dormant right now. I think that's what they're calling it. Uh, But this was like, I think criminal is like probably one of the most important ones as well as incognito. Like those guys are still working together now on like different creator owned books. So it's, it's just pretty amazing. Powers also was like a big TV show on, I think Sony, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It was on PlayStation 3 as a free uh, TV show you could download the yeah, first few episodes. God, God, it's so annoying um, when I'm like going through my download history. And there's, <laughs> here's the SD version of the show. Here's the HD version of the show. And it's just like the first two seasons. Like, come on. Do you, um, what's the word on, on Dark Horse these days? I remember that there was like some kind of connection to, to them in Marvel, but I don't know if they were bought out or what happened. They were acquired by, fuck, that gaming publisher thq <laughs> yeah whatever th yeah the, like the embracer group i think that's like they're okay. the holding company that like owns like thq and like nordic games and like all all those subsidiaries yeah, basically yeah, yeah. and so i think they were acquired there but like it's just dark horse lost a whole bunch of like licenses that kind of made it famous mm. like aliens and predator and like that star wars forever until marvel did right right uh exactly, so yeah. i'm not entirely sure like they have like the extended Hellboy universe, but like besides that, I don't really know too many Dark Horse properties that like made it a super valuable purchase. And it really just seems like Image is kind of like eating everyone's lunch when it comes to this stuff. Or people are just like actually Image is about to start like hemorrhaging talent because a lot of creators now are moving to Substack and just like selling comics directly through like an email <laughs> subscription, basically. There's a um, pretty big update, I guess, but it seems like as of December 2021, um, Dark Horse went up to sale for a Hollywood studio, and there was rumors about it being potentially Netflix, Disney, Viacom, CBS. Um, but then, you know, yeah, they, they got uh, uh, together with Embracer, and I guess they have like their own their own thing going on um which is weird (laughs) like i don't know if they're gonna try to do their own um what's it called uh app or like streaming service or whatever but it seems like they're kind of just going up at it uh, like on their own good for them yeah fucking make it work that sucks hellboy would be i wish that character could appear in like other universes that'd be really cool i fucking love hellboy have you spent any time with that that character yeah i've read um a handful of Hellboy books. Um, and I've also read some of like, there's a couple Hellboy novels that I've read as well, which were really fucking cool. And the first two movies are fucking incredible. Like this is one of some of my favorite movies. Like 
the second movie might be one of my favorite superhero movies, Hellboy 2. I, I never got gorgeous. into Hellboy 2, but I, really? I, fu- I fuck with the first one real bad. Like, I love the Rasputin guy they've got. I yeah, love the yeah. Audru Jihad, like the weird fucking space octopus thing they got. I think that movie's excellent, and I love Guillermo del Toro. I, like, was falling asleep when I saw two in theaters, but I haven't seen it since the oh, so, like, you should I, definitely rewatch I need it. To, I should rewatch it. I should revisit and it. Then, and then watch the special features, because, like, there were so many parts in that movie where I was sure it was special effects, but it was, like, just prosthetics and, like... It was all practical? Fuck yeah. yeah. Love you, Guillermo. Practical. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's really fucking incredible. Like, one of the dreamiest movies, I think, that, that exists. It's very fucking cool. Yeah watch hellboy too uh yeah <laughs> that's the big takeaway from this question yeah. about marvel's answer to uh <laughs> to vertigo is, is watch hellboy watch hellboy too uh but john to simply answer your question they just lost the talent and they lost the books they had that were their answer to vertigo and uh those are books can now predominantly all be found at image or through various Substacks from these creators now also, I think comicsology is like starting to get into the business. I mean, DC folded up Vertigo. They tried to like bring it back with like a small like curated section, but it's like it's really not the same. And I, I really miss Vertigo. Vertigo was really important to me because it felt like like it rose with like the 90s sort of anti-establishment wave from like the, you know, like early 90s. And like it felt just like the punk's book line. OK, yeah. And so, like, that attitude of just it being, like, general counterculture is just super gone. Especially because it's, like, now it's Time Warner DC. You know, like, it's just, like, right. it, it, it doesn't feel the same. Now it's, like, Disney Marvel. You know, like, that. it just feels like You can't these get things... away with the same stories. Well, not even that, but it's just, like, it's fucking lame. Like, you're telling me, like, one of the richest companies in the world is, like, I'm fucking edgy. You know, yeah, <laughs> like it, yeah, it just yeah. it doesn't like really mean the same to me. Granted, I'm also like not 14 anymore, and I'm sure that has like a lot to do with it. But uh it, it feels just like really disingenuous coming from like one of the biggest fucking telecommunication giants in the world. And the other one coming from like the goddamn Disney, you know, like the the black hole of of media and intellectual property. <laughs> so it's just like it's it do, it wouldn't hit the same, even if a even if they were to release like new books in, in a line, like, like a vertigo at what cost? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, this is from a good friend named Pank. If you haven't answered this already and I've missed it, I apologize, but what are they actually building towards in the MCU? Everything seems incredibly disparate compared to their phase one to three stuff. So if you can tell me when it'll all make sense and not just seem like locking down some big name celebrities to eventually start a movie, that would be cool. For money and shareholders and then more money and then you get more shareholders. I got to be honest, man, after seeing the Batman this weekend, I just like don't really give a shit about the MCU anymore. <laughs> like there was there was more artistry in the first five minutes of the Batman than in at least the last like four movies I've seen from Marvel. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing is that they've dug themselves into this hole where everything has to make sense together and everything has to fit in because they want to tie things in together because you can put like five seconds of a character in a movie and then that makes it relevant and you have to watch all of them. So it sells, right? Like there's a mm. there's a reason to keep coming back. But with the DC stuff, um, it seems like everything's kind of... They might make some hints or references, but it's all kind of just 
scattered around and you could just have fun with whatever you you know you do like from it but i I do like at first i always thought that the like the clear direction and where it's going one giant story arc was cool but um it definitely does constrain a lot of like (laughs) what can be done in a movie yeah also like i don't know it's it was just nice seeing someone like give a shit making it look good when someone like entered a room you know like like it, there was like thought put into like okay how do we make this character look cool as they walk up this flight of stairs you know and it's just like oh yeah i haven't actually seen that from an mcu movie since like fucking ever yeah i uh that's all i want from my comic book movies is for them to look cool make them look yeah. as cool as fucking possible that said pank what they're building towards i've got a theory uh, where this is obviously going into spoilers. I haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home yet, so I can't spoil that. But I can spoil some of the most recent uh, MCU television shows. There's two things I can see that they're like eminently heading towards. The first thing is the Young Avengers, and that's why we covered the Young Avengers on this podcast already. And so we've been introduced to characters throughout uh, various MCU movies, like we've met ant-man's daughter uh cassie who becomes a superhero named stature we've met uh oh my god i can't remember his name we've met um isaiah bradley from uh falcon winter soldier who goes on to become the patriot we've met wanda's twins from uh wandavision who go on to become wiccan and the other one whose name escapes me but we just met all these characters and so they're clearly building towards young avengers i think they're going to pass the mantle on i think it's going to be a combination between the original young avengers series and probably the newer young Avengers series because i've also seen reports of america chavez appearing in uh spider or doctor strange 2 multiverse of madness um and so i think that's like the that's the most immediate thing we're heading towards second thing i think they're going to abuse the shit out of the multiverse like i think they're going to use it in a way that's probably going to piss me off to be honest i think they're going to use it to like solve all their mistakes you know like oh shit we killed every villain we've ever had in a movie well what if we just had them pop in from the multiverse like what if we could bring michael b jordan back from a different universe and make him a hero like what if with the unfortunate passing of chadwick boson what if michael b jordan became the new black panther because he was black panther on an earth that died and so he just becomes that over here how do we explain the mutant phenomenon which should have been there the entire time but was like never mentioned ever how do we do that oh are they just a whole bunch of like refugees from like a multiversal disaster i really hope they don't do that i think it makes more sense if it's like the actual evolution of humanity and not just like a group of people who come who are basically like dimensional aliens you know like yeah yeah I think that's like kind of a cop out. Like, I, I think it's one of the things where it, it, it loses the the weight of the metaphor. If it is people from like a different uh, reality. And so I think that is the other big thing they're building towards with all these, all this multiversal mentioning and dimension hopping that's going on. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I, th- I think the hardest thing is like, they've established all these characters um and people just like them for some reason like they just they chose good actors and good roles for them but like Mm -hmm. how many times can you do that successfully it didn't work with the eternals clearly but you know like how many times can you create an entirely new cast of like heroes to follow again you know like that you would care about so i think it's going to be a fucking interesting task to like make people care about and i could be totally wrong it might they're going to be probably 
probably be like the highest selling movies but oh yeah i'm sure they are but i'm just wondering how long you can keep like toying with it before it's stale and there's no originality well that i just also wonder like how long can we keep caring you know like yeah yeah exactly like i'm sure a lot of people saw star wars when it was like a new movie like back in 77 they're like oh yeah the new science fiction science fiction picture let's go check that out and then it's just like okay but how many people like gave a shit enough about star wars to like you know see solo (laughs) you know i mean i did i love that movie but that's me personally yeah you know i I did too I, i really liked it but i'm just saying like there's a difference between something being like an event versus like an established franchise i guess where it's like, is, I don't know, is, is there going to be a group of kids who like, because Dune was so awesome, like, do they just not give a shit about Marvel? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't think I'll blame them. Like, I thought there was going to be a generation of kids who thought Star Trek was cooler than Star Wars because like the 2007 yeah, Star Trek too. movie or 2009 Star Trek movie was so much fucking better than like Return of their Revenge of the Sith, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how these like phenomena happen where like something kicks off and it's just the coolest shit ever. I think it's been a while since there's been like, and I'm sure it could be argued. There's tons of fans for every fucking thing. But for me personally, like, yeah, it's been a while since there's been like a series of movies that I'm dying to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. This rolls into our last question. This is from listener Yehan. Thank you, Yehan, for sending us in a question. Uh, says, do you ever see the MCU taking a break for a year or so to give consumers some breathing room? There's a lot of money to be made, but at some point it gets a bit much and a lot of fans would be burnt out by its 12 year of nonstop Marvel content. I think, Yehan, I think you're off. I think they're actually, I think Iron Man was 2008. So I think we're technically on year 14 of the nonstop Marvel parade. Even weirder to me, there was a time when we only got one Marvel thing a year. That's even more bizarre to me. Yeah, I, um, I don't see them stopping. I think if anything, they'll, they'll like do TV. Like, that's the thing. It seems like TV shows would be so much more time consuming. Um, and, and so much cost so much more money. I would think, Mm -hmm. um, just because it's, you know fucking 10 hours of fucking contents but like yeah i could just see them doing more tv shows more miniseries things like that um and maybe like breaking out the movies like the main mcu movies out like a year from each other but yeah i, I guess know. it's yeah my, my right? big problem is like every mcu movie feels immediately obsolete the second i finish it yeah yeah it's like i don't know what it is they all feel like fever dreams to me lately yeah like all the li- the last few ones like they all kind of just feel like fever dreams you you like star trek the next generation right yeah i feel like the most important episodes of any season of star trek generation it's like the first couple and then it's the last couple and like the middle yeah. episodes are like kind of not very good but like they really like know how to open a season and they know how to close a season they just don't know how to like keep a season going yeah, most of the filler episodes are about ethics and horny aliens. So, like, that's pretty much it. That's all you got to know. Yeah, and I do love a good horny alien. <laughs> there was one episode where was it Sarah Silverman was, like, on an episode, right? Like, don't they go back to, like, San Francisco in the 60s? Not not in the movie. Like, I know that was Star Trek Four where they try to save the whales. But 
No, I don't remember that. I had I never finished the Next Generation. I was watching. I was like a few seasons in, but I haven't finished it. So maybe I, I missed I, it. Maybe I, I can't remember it. if it was Next Generation or if it was a uh, Voyager. There are been. a lot of. All right. So sorry, there was a technical difficulty. We had to take a break and come back to the show. We were on Yehan's question, uh, talking about if we should take a break from the MCU. I think. Yes, I think it going away for a little bit would build up hype. I also think there should probably be like little one shot TV adventures, you know, like I don't need six issues of six episodes of one character. Give me one episode, just like treat it like a pilot almost. And then like just based on reaction, like maybe that's who you like center the next stage of the MCU around. It's just tough because like it takes so long to make a movie and like you love a good young Spider-Man story. But like Tom Holland's like not you know a teenager anymore <laughs> not a kid anymore and so yeah he was a bartender that means he's at least 21 exactly charted yeah and so yeah you just can't tell the same stories because i mean you only have x amount of uh x amount of time with these people before they eventually just like age out of the character and then you have to wait until they're like fucking 60 before you get like an old man peter parker story you know and it's just like no one's no one's gonna be here when tom holland is 60 years old yeah, for sure. He's going to outlive all of us. Yeah, I'm going to die for He's sure. so rich. Uh, but yeah, and I completely agree. I think they should probably take a year off uh, to like kind of tie the two questions together. I just like don't really know what to do. Like when they were talking about the Infinity Gauntlet, when they introduced Thanos and like the Infinity Stones, I like kind of knew like what they were doing. But I think what's really exciting is they can do kind of whatever they want now because they're kind of besides like Young Avengers as like a uh like a guiding post that they're they're heading towards like i don't really know like i assume kang is gonna be pretty fucking important because he was pretty important in the loki series and there's some really big kang stories he's also making a lot more appearances in the marvel comics universe now because of his like i guess implied mcu debut with uh with loki and so I think shit's going to get real weird and experimental. And I'm really excited for that. Maybe that'll be like what sort of turns me around. But currently I like the MCU shows way more than the movies to be completely honest. Yeah. I haven't seen WandaVision yet, but um, I thought there was a hell of a lot more personality in Loki than there was in most of the MCU movies. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. All right, I think that just about does it for questions. Fabio, I'm going to give you like a quick rundown of like the major events we're heading towards in yes. in this. And so I also just want to like tease some stuff out that we're going to be doing on the show. I also want to build some hype for for what we're doing. And I want to get excited about certain things too. So Fabio, can I take it down a, a weird little rabbit hole? Yeah, that take is, me. That is the 2000s Marvel Universe. Yeah, All I right. want to go. All right, the next major story we're going to cover is House of M. And House of M is when Wanda from the Avengers, from the X-Men, basically reconfigures reality so that mutants are the dominant species on the planet and humans are in the minority. And it is ruled basically by Magneto. Awesome story. Can't wait to get there. Then we're going to deal with the fallout from House of M, which is pretty major. And I'm not going to say what it is. We're going to get to it. We've also talked about this episode, so put two and two together and you'll figure it out after that the next big story we're going to hit is civil war now you've actually read civil war you've also read house of m yes do you have a preference between those two um i think house of house of m is like a much better direct storyline um 
whereas uh, Civil War is kind of like all over the place sometimes, and it's yeah. quite a bit to keep up with. But um, yeah, I think I think that House of M is a much more like consolidated version of of a or not version, but just a good consolidated story. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. I probably agree with you. I am excited to revisit Civil War, though. I feel like I haven't read that in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. After that, we're going to talk about a big story called Annihilation. Annihilation is all about extra universal threats that literally come through and destroy most of the known universe. And it comes down to a small ragtag group of characters to uh, put a stop to it. But this is a book that was happening at the same time as Civil War. And not nearly as many people were reading. I was reading it because I just wanted like a big dumb space opera. And I was just like blown away by the, the book it was. And like, that was like where Peter Quill was. That was where I first met Peter Quill was in that book. And it was just so weird. Cause he was like a half cyborg person with like a weird eye. And like, we got Chris Pratt <laughs> to become like the new star Lord. So a little, little creative liberties, I guess, but that story fucks. That story's really good. Yeah, I've never read any of the cosmic shit for Marvel, so that's what I'm really excited for because I've never read like Nova or anything like that. So. Oh, very or cool. Fantastic okay. Four. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna love that. Also, these are just like the major beats. There's obviously like smaller books I'm gonna want to cover. Like we still need to finish Young Avengers. We still need to finish Astonishing X Men on this podcast. But like these are like the big signposts that we're, yeah, we're heading yeah. towards. Then we're gonna talk about the Initiative. The Initiative is like the fallout from Civil War, and that's just like a whole bunch of books, and that's like a publishing event where basically it's not quite a crossover. But it's like every book is like acknowledging that like this is the new normal in the Marvel Universe and dealing with like the after effects of Civil War. Okay. After that, we're going to talk about a book called Silent War, which was like the Inhumans basically having (laughs) an untelevised war with the U.S. government. Interesting. Which was hardcore as hell. Then we're going to talk about like one of the most controversial stories of all time probably it's called one more day and it's the story of peter parker wondering if he should make a deal with the devil that could save a dying aunt may but it would mean like dissolving his marriage huh one of the most controversial stories of all time i actually really like it no one no one else does um (laughs) but i'm really hoping to convince you that that's good okay it was kind of a pain in the ass because it led to an era where like Amazing Spider-Man had three different titles that would release, you know, like every month. And I was like, oh, this is great. I only want to buy one. That's perfect. And then they all became Amazing Spider-Man. So Amazing Spider-Man went from coming out once a month to three times a month. I'm like, this is really fucking expensive. Cool. Like (laughs) Spider-Man now cost me uh, $12 instead of three. This is dope. (laughs) After that, we are going to jump into (laughs) Planet Hulk, which is like a... Oh, yeah. Edward Rice Burroughs-esque story, right? Where, like, Hulk gets, like, shot off planet, becomes, like, a gladiator, and then, like, tries to take on, like, the em- Emperor there. Fucking awesome story. Super sick. Really yeah, like it. no, it's fantastic. Um, it's, uh... I, I don't know if it was... Was it was that referenced in Thor? Um, Ragnarok? Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, the basis. It was like, kind of like... like change stuff yeah but like the emperor like jeff goldblum was the same name as like the emperor from okay from the comics and like i think they were on the planet called sakar it just like wasn't like a desert world and like you know it wasn't hulk setting up like his own team of like here's a brood here's but like korg was like in it like the weird rock guy who was taika watiti you know yeah it's like they reference all that stuff 
but it was kind of just like a, a crossover or like a interpretation of it like in name only yeah that's fair all right this is also around the time i'm so excited to share with you a book called new avengers illuminati where it talks about like Basically, there's like a secret cabal of like certain people from every like major faction in the Marvel Universe. So you got like Professor X representing the X-Men. You've got Doctor Strange representing like the arcane arts. You've got uh, Reed Richards representing uh, the Fantastic Four. Black Panther representing Wakanda. And you've got uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Iron Man representing like the Avengers, basically. Yeah. And it's like a secret society that is like coming together to make major fucking policy decisions for the entire universe. Basically it is fucking awesome. It is so horrendous what they do. And so it's like a retroactive story where like it, it weaves in decisions they make to other, other past stories. And it's just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to cover that shit. Uh, Let's see. After that, we are going to spend some time focusing on the X-Men because old Chucky, real fucked up around this era too. <laughs> There's a story called deadly Genesis where we learned that uh, the team, cause there was like the original X-Men team and then they were taken captive on this Island called Krakoa. And so Xavier had to recruit the next line of X-Men and send them in to save. And that's how we got Wolverine. That's like how we got Colossus. That's like how we got storm, right? Like that's how all these characters that are now like established mainstays of the yeah. X-Men team. This is how they were all introduced they retroactively fuck with us to be like no it's actually that's actually the second team he sent in he sent in another team that got completely wiped out so we like learn about charles like completely covering up a fuck up where he like got like six teenagers killed except one of them wasn't killed and he was like revealed to be like cyclops's other brother it is this character character named vulcan who then like goes off Who then goes off and like fucks up the entire Shi'ar Empire. Yeah. It's it's incredible that like this dumb story that like I bought on a whim just went on to actually be like so important for like the entire Marvel <laughs> cosmos. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Then there's a story called Messiah Complex, which is all like basically like the first really big like cross title crossover for the X-Men uh, since like early 2000s, if not just like the 90s. And I actually really like that book. Then there's a follow-up called Messiah War. Then there's a follow-up to that. Um, I cannot remember what it's called. I don't have that one written down. But it's or Second Coming. That's what it's called. It's called X-Men Second Coming. Then we're going to have to deal with Secret Invasion. We're going to have to deal with the Dark Reign, which is the fallout of Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Then we're back on Cosmic Shit with uh, Annihilation Conquest. And then uh, we're doing a book called Siege. And it's Siege I love because it's a four-issue event. Every event should come out that quickly, you know? <laughs> I think I'm a big fan of that. Let's consolidate that shit. Um, yeah, please do. Realm of yeah. Kings, which is dealing with like the <laughs> dealing with Vulcan being a piece of shit in outer space. Pretty happy with that one. Then we're dealing with the Thanos Imperative, which is like the direct result of him being a twat in space. Um sorry, do you say twat or do you say twat? I think it's twat. Okay. I don't say either because it just doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah, it feels weird, but it's it is kind of fun to say. Yeah, maybe I should say it more. Him being a twat in space. Uh, then uh, we got Shadowland, which is uh, a really unfortunate Daredevil event. But I know how much you love Daredevil, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I've never read that. That sounds good. Avengers: The Children's Crusade, which is kind of like a sequel to the Young Avengers book that we've covered on Shortbox Summary so far. Then we got Fear itself, which is like a big 
fucking crossover mm-hmm. event that like actually made me stop reading comics because I thought it was so big and bloated and like not very good. I tried to read it and it just uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. It was so goddamn yep. boring and like nothing happened. I didn't and, understand like, what was happening. It felt like an old '90s gimmick where they were just like trying to sell new toys. Like they were just that's like fair. doing it for the action figures. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so inconsequential and so fucking bad. Like, no offense, because like Stuart Eminem is like a great artist. And I generally really like Matt Fraction's writing, but I just fucking hated that event. X-Men Schism is all about uh, a break in philosophy between Wolverine and Cyclops. And then there being like two schools, basically, like not just Xavier's school, forget the children. But there was like two major philosophies for X-Men to follow. And then we're going to do Avengers versus X-Men. That is so far away. I'm sorry. Yeah, No, that's fine. It's a good one, though. Yeah. And obviously, this is like years worth of content for us to do. So the show's probably going to change. But these are like the major stories that we're heading towards. We got Age of Ultron, which is like a 10 issue fucking boring as hell Ultron book all about time travel. Okay. Only only came out just because Age of Ultron, the 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 or Rage of Ultron, whatever the second Avengers movie was. Called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was coming out, so they just kind of like created an event with Ultron that I don't think was very good. Uh, a book I did think was really good was called Infinity. That book was excellent, and that ties into like the Infinity Stones. I think it's like one of the best Thanos stories ever. I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about like one of my favorite quotes from this era of Marvel, where it's just like, This is an Avengers world, so that shit gives me chills. Then we're going to talk about Original Sin which is such a weird fucking comic, but a pretty cool one where they just like retroactively gave everyone like a skeleton in the closet and like just revealed everyone's skeletons in the closet. That was like the first big Jason Aaron event. One that I tried, never got through. Okay. Yeah. I, that was like kind of what made me come back to comics. And honestly, like that book was just like so bloated as well that I like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to keep reading comics. Just not this comic. Yeah. yeah. Wait for this, wait for this trade paperback to come out. How far did you get into it? Um, I only got a couple issues, but I felt like I was missing a lot of context when I got into yeah. it. So um, might have to figure that out at some point. <laughs> I guess we'll figure yeah. that out. Yeah, that's we got this. That's the point. Uh, after that, there was an event called Avengers and X-Men Axis. And I think that had to do with like when the Red Skull uh, took, <laughs> took the brain of Charles Xavier and... Uh, did it to become like the most powerful psychic on the planet. I don't know how that works. Yeah. And then I think Axis is like specifically when he also did something with Magneto. So it became like basically Red Skull Cross Onslaught, I think is like what that event was about. Okay. I was not making any money living in Boston as that show was printing. And I was basically just like, hey, George, do you want rent and food or comics and neither? And I, I, I went with rent and food. Comics. Oh, okay. That's fair. I was satiated by just having Star Wars comics at the time. That was like when the Star Wars series started at Marvel. That was like all I was reading that in Spider-Gwen. Great time. Uh, speaking of Spider-Gwen, we're getting into Spider-Verse, which is like a big like extra dimensional crossover that kind of rips off an episode of the animated series from 94, 92, whenever that one came out. And then finally, the last book I'm like really intent to cover on on this podcast is Secret Wars, which is like the the reboot basically of the Marvel universe. So I either want to stop there or keep going. Cause that was when I kind of started to get slowly back into comics in like 20 late 2015, early 2016. That was when I started going to that shop in San Francisco and yeah. Yeah. And get, get more stuff. But like that is the roadmap. Is there anything that stands out to you that you're excited to 
read for the first time that you're excited to revisit? Um, I, I'm excited to revisit planet Hulk. Um, I haven't read that in a very long time, but yeah, a lot of these I haven't, I haven't read yet. So these are all kind of going to be entirely new stories for me for the most Hell part. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very excited. Um, cause I feel like that's where the, that's where the, the potatoes are, you know, you, and you're a vegetarian, so you love a good potato. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm excited to get there. I don't want the meats. I want the potates. Yep, exactly. Skip the meats straight to the potates. Yeah, I agree. Um, of all of these, I'm probably most excited. I'm really eager to talk about Annihilation, and I'm so happy that's not like super far away. Yeah, I an event I wanted to try to read, and it just just because it sounds fucking cool. But apparently, mm-hmm. there's prerequisites. There's story. a bunch of prequels to that story. There's like a one shot that like kicks off the event, and that's like where the inciting incident happens. And then there was like a countdown to Annihilation, and there was like I think four four issue miniseries that focus on like each of a different character that goes on to become a main character. Like, it's kind of annoying how like big that is, but with Marvel Unlimited, it's really easy. And also it's on it. It's just like so well organized. Like, it's not like there's a whole bunch of like tie-ins that happen. Like, Oh, this issue of X-Men has like a mention of the event because right, there's like a, right. a scroll over here or something. They just give uh, you good shit. What you need. Yeah. So I am super excited. I'm also excited. I don't even know if I mentioned it, but secret invasion is like a book we're going to cover soon. And I know they're turning that into like a Marvel mini series. So oh, I'm okay. really curious to see how they're going to do that. Cause that yeah. was like such a big story like that and siege were like basically what Brian Michael Bendis was building towards his entire time on, on new Avengers. Okay. And so it was just so interesting to see like this thing that was like this guy's like life work just become like, Oh, and we're making a mini series for a streaming service all about it, you know, <laughs> but those are the books I'm most excited for. And there's, like I said, like there's a whole bunch of other books we're going to talk about too. I would like to cover all of like the Winter Soldier shit from for Captain America because I think those are just like good books. We might have to retool the show just so we can be maybe less specific, give you like less of a play by play and more of a general synopsis just because it's so many books to cover. And I'm afraid it's a little dry when I do it so precisely. So please write in, let us know how you want the show to proceed. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and we're going to have to do this more often like question mailbag episodes because i just don't have time to write a script i just started a new job and i am very tired Whew. thank you so much for putting this together george oh dude You're come on thank, thank you so you mean it yeah thank you so much for sacrificing some of your tuesday to to hang out yeah, and, and record monday. this oh that's a good point yeah it's just oh it's second mondays yeah <laughs> All right, Fabio, anything uh, you want a final word on anything? Um, final word. Um, you're all a bunch of twats and I love you all. Thanks for listening. I, uh, I have no notes. Thank you so much for listening to Short Box Summary. Please follow the show at PurpleBird616 on Twitter. Please leave a review. Please share with friends. Please do anything to help us grow the show. We had a bunch of questions come in. It was very, very sweet. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions. Really appreciate it. And we will be back in your ear holes next week. Right. Fabio, what do you want to talk about next week? Do you want to talk about Captain America? Okay. Or New Avengers? And someone having a, what may or may not be a psychotic breakdown. 
Hmm, I've never read New Avengers. It's a shorter story. I think it's only like four issues. Do you want to just do that? Is it a good that? jump in point? I think it's a good jump in point. Also, I covered the first six issues on this very show and summarized oh, that in like a half hour if you yeah, want yeah, yeah. to. Uh, okay, fantastic. Yeah, I'm awesome. All right, cool. New Avengers. Look forward to it next week. Fabio, thank you so much, man. I love you to pieces. And we'll be back in your ear holes real wicked soon. Goodbye. Love yous. Bye. and horny for environmental justice, Sarah Silverman. Awesome stuff.